This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Today we're starting a brand new series and the title of this series is called Hung by the Tongue. Why? Because a lot of people get hung by the tongue. It's as simple as that. And they don't realize it. Amen. So today um, we are going to get into this teaching. We are going to get into this series and uh, show you through scripture what the word of God has to say about the words of your mouth. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. So quickly, let's start in our foundational scripture. Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. If you have it, you can say, I have it. Proverbs 18, verse 21. And this is what it says. It says, death and life are in the power of the what? I did not hear that. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. See, uh, uh, there is no other extremity further than death and life. Amen? It, it doesn't get worse or better than these two extremes, death and life. And the Bible clearly says that as extreme as death is, and as extreme as life is, the power is resident to control that is in your tongue. Amen? So in other words, you can release death with your mouth. Or you can release life. I know people like to use uh, phrases like, you know, they were half dead. I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> There's nothing called half dead. Either you are dead or you are alive. Amen? That's the extreme. It does not get further than that. And the Bible is saying, as extreme as it is, the power to control it is resident in your mouth. It is not in the pastor. It is not in the government. It is in your mouth. Just hunch your neighbor and tell them, the power to do this is in your mouth. Hunch your other neighbor and tell them, the power to control life or death is in your mouth. Watch what it says in the New Living Translation. This is awesome. You know why it's awesome? It means if you are getting death-related results in your life, you can fix it through changing what you say or what's coming out of your mouth. Amen. Amen. Watch what it says in the, in the New Living Translation. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The Bible is not saying there is something wrong with talking. It's just saying when you talk, be ready to receive. And the word consequence, you know, I know it's got a negative connotation in your mind right now. It's such an awesome word. The word consequence just simply means results. So the Bible is just saying, hey, expect to receive whatever you are saying. Someone say, ouch. <laughs> so if you say I'm broke, what should you expect? 
And then you turn around and blame the government? Oh, okay, moving right along. And when the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, it's not talking about, death is not talking about ceasing to breathe. It's talking about everything that came into the world as a result of sin. It's talking about fear. Your mouth can release fear into your life. It's talking about poverty. Poverty is a result of death. It's talking about sickness. It's talking about worry and anxiety. And all these things can be released by the words of your mouth. When it says life, it's talking about everything that Jesus came to give you. He said, I I have come that they might have what? Life and have it how? More abundantly. What is he talking about? He's talking about peace. If you study that word life, it's the same Greek word where we get the English word salvation, sozo. Or soterio. And what is he saying? He's saying, I have come that you might have prosperity. I have come that you might have deliverance. I have come that you might have healing. It's all encompassing in that word life. Amen? Amen. Jesus wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. But it is totally up to you to release that life through the words of your mouth. Let's go now to Genesis chapter number 1 from verse 1. Genesis chapter number 1 from verse 1 to 3. Watch what it says. Do you have it? If you have it, you can say, I have it. it. Anybody still going there? Genesis, just flip all the way to the beginning. (laughs) Past the table of contents. Amen. Watch what it says. It says in the beginning, in the what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without what? Form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen? So the Bible is saying uh, uh, the earth was in disarray. There was confusion. Can you see that in verse 2? And did you see that the Bible says the Holy Spirit was present, hovering above it? How many of you know that the Holy Spirit can be present and there can still be confusion in your life? That's what he's saying. Nothing changed until verse 3. And how did it change in verse 3? Go to verse 3. Watch what he says. And God said, The only way you can change chaos in your life or give the Holy Spirit authority to fix your mess is by changing the words that are coming out of your mouth. Nothing was fixed until God said something. Mm -hmm. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And then God went to creating all of the other things. And in verse 26, go to verse 26. God created something else. Amen. God's MO or God's modus operandi for creation is talking. That's how God operates. He speaks things into existence. Amen. Amen. Verse 26 of Genesis 1, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God created human beings twofold. The Bible says He created them first in His image. And image speaks of the nature of God. John 4.24 says God is spirit. Amen? Amen. So the first fold God created you and I was spirit. And the second fold He created us was likeness. 
And likeness speaks of functionality. He created us to be like Him. In other words, God created us to speak things into existence. The Garden of Eden was never meant to be directed by the sweat from your toil. It was meant to be given direction by the words of Adam's mouth. So after God created Adam, He said, Hey, listen, Adam, I've, I've deposited on the inside of you the power to call things and they become. I've deposited the same functionality. I'm a spirit, you are now a spirit. And not only are you a spirit, you are now a speaking spirit. And whatever you speak will come to pass. And he said to Adam, I am going to give you a practice session. Amen. So Adam, uh, God took Adam into the Garden of Eden and he gave him an opportunity to practice this functionality. Let's go now to Genesis chapter number 2. Chapter number 2 verse 19. Thank you Jesus. Man, Satan wants you to think your words don't matter. Man, Satan would love if you walk around saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. He would love for you to think the highest uh, 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 thing, the word, the words of your mouth can do is just to communicate. He would love for you to be in that place. He doesn't want you to catch this revelation that the words of your mouth have the power to create. But thank God you came today and we are about to fix that. Amen. You are about to realize that my words matter. Because everything that comes out of my mouth is coming back at me. The Bible says in Proverbs 6 verse 2, you are ensnared or you are trapped by the words of your mouth. Amen. It's vitally important that we realize words are powerful. Amen. Genesis chapter number 2 verse 19. Watch what it says. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what who? Adam would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Did you see that? Everything Adam called it, it became. God didn't even argue with Adam. He didn't say, don't you think this this elephant, we should call it a crocodile? No, God said, whatever you call it, that's it. And it's the same message God is giving you, child of God, today, that whatever you call it, it becomes. Man, just hunt your neighbor and ask them, what have you been calling your business? Hunt your other neighbor and ask them, what have you been calling your marriage? Ask them, what have you been calling your job? See, because whatever you call it, it becomes. According to this principle, then most of us turn around and look excited, uh, uh, surprised. Where did this come from? God said, whatever you call it, it becomes. Someone shout, I call it prosperous. Right now. In Jesus' name. I call my life into alignment with God's word right now. In Jesus' name. I call my marriage Blessed. My marriage is a marriage made in heaven. Meant to last forever. You call it. That was just a practice session. Amen. And I know most people are thinking, but Pastor T, that's lying because that's not my marriage. 
What does the Bible say? It says in Joel 3, verse 10, you shall beat your plow pharaohs into swords and pruning hooks into spears and let the weak say I am strong. God knows it's not like that. But he knows he has given you the power to change it so that it can become like that. And the songwriter went on to say, let the poor say I'm rich. Come on, someone shout I'm rich. Shout I'll never be broke another day in my life. Someone shout I am the healed of God. Let the sick say I am healed. Did you see that? Joel 3 verse 10. It says, let the, let the weak. What did he say in Joel, in, in Job chapter number 22 verse uh, 29? He says, when there is a casting down, you say there is a lifting up. <laughs> see, the problem with us, the church, is we look at the casting down and say, look, there is a casting down. No, there is no casting down. There is a lifting up. Why? Because we are in a realm of confession. Someone shout confession. confession. Confession is not affirmation. Confession is not just saying something nice or positive. You know, like they tell in the, in the uh, motivational uh, speaking world. Confession is the Greek word homologio. Homo, which means one logio, where we get the logos of the word of God. You are just saying the same thing that God is saying. And when you say the same thing that God is saying, you can expect it to come to pass because God watches over his what? To perform it. He doesn't watch over your opinion. He doesn't watch over what it looks like. He watches over his word, watch this, to back it up. If he says we are going over, if you take that and put it in your mouth, honey, you are going over. If he says you are the head and not the tail, take that, put it in your mouth, you will soon realize you are the head and not the tail. If he says you are blessed going in and coming out, if you take that and put it in your mouth, give it authority. It is coming to pass. It's the positive consequence you will realize for speaking God's word. Man, this is awesome stuff. Yeah. It makes me tick. Amen. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Amen? Amen? There was a gentleman called uh, Dr. Imoto in the 90s. He did an experiment. He uh, uh, took two bottles of water and froze them. And while he was in the process of freezing them, he spoke to the other bottle words of death. He just said, man, you, you are sick. I'm tired of you. To the other bottle. And to the other one, he spoke words of appreciation and life. And he invited photographers, professional photographers, to come and take photos of the bottles. And when they did to uh, uh, how it froze in the, 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 the water with the ugly words, the, 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 there was no pattern in it. It was just haphazard. It was, it, it was angry. That water was angry. Amen? And, and the water in the bottle where he spoke words of life, it was symmetrical and just beautifully uh, uh, frozen. What does that tell us? Even nature responds to your words. How many of you know that your body is about 80% water? <laughs> Even your, the water in your body responds to your words. Man, when you say, I'm tired, your body responds. Hallelujah. When you say, I'm sick, your body responds. 
It responds to your words. Because God has deposited the power to create in your mouth. Someone shout today. I will use my words. In fact, say from today onwards. I will use my words to my advantage. See, a lot of church folk use words to their disadvantage. You know, I'm just not going to amount to anything. You know, I just don't know how it, this is going to pan out. You know, I hate my job. I hate my life. Have you ever had people that hate you? And then they turn around and say, why do I hate my life so much? Because you say it. Okay, moving right along. Let's lay a foundation quickly. Luke chapter number 6, verse 45. Luke 6, verse 45. Is it communion Sunday today? Oh, it's not. Okay, Luke 6, verse 45. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Man, this is awesome stuff. Luke chapter number 6, verse 45. If you have it, you can say, I have it. Watch what it says. It says, a good man, out of the good treasure of his what? Brings forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Did you see that? A good man, the the source of a good life is in your heart. That's why the Bible says for us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Because out of it will flow the issues of life. If you don't guard your heart and you let your heart just receive all kinds of stuff, Guess what? You will live a life of all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Bible clearly says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is Proverbs 23 verse 7. It says, As you think in your heart, so are you. Now, your thought process is, 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 uh, is shaped by so many things. And part of the, the sources we have in today's world is social media, newspapers, TV, and so on and so forth. They're coming to shape your thoughts. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So if you let a, a soapy called scandal with all these scandals shape the way you think. <laughs> and I, I've got nothing against TV, but I'm just saying, if you shape your mind based on scandalous ideas, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You'll be a scandal yourself. Yeah. Uh, amen. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So, we have to watch. We have to guard our hearts and watch what we become susceptible to. What we open our hearts to. We have to open our hearts to the Word of God. Amen. amen. If you don't open your... man. I remember, man, we used to have friends that just complained and murmured about everything. My wife and I would sit around, you know, and just they just start murmuring and complaining about it. And most of them were my friends. <laughs> they just like to murmur and complain about everything. So I'm feeding off of their complaining and murmuring. And guess what? I'm challenged to also start complaining and murmuring. Even if there was nothing to complain and murmur about. You know why? Because I'm feeding my heart. With a lack of gratitude, just complaining and murmuring. They would complain about everything. Man, my job is terrible. And someone else, my, man, my job is more terrible than yours. Man, my job, my, my boss sucks. Oh, my boss sucks more than yours. Just a competition of complaining. 
and we are feeding our hearts. And then every time you walk away from that conversation, you feel depressed. You feel tired. You know why? Because that's what you're putting in your heart. Amen? Uh, a few years ago, my wife used to like reading the Sunday newspaper, you know, the thick one. How many of you know that there's nothing encouraging in it? It's just, it's just fear. It's fear-based. They're telling you how most of you are going to lose your jobs this year, and guess what? It never comes to pass. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, from the U.S. who was so frantic about the elections and so on and so forth. And they were just telling me, man, it's all about to come crumbling down if these people win and so on. And I reminded him, I said, man, remember when you told me if Barack won, he was the Antichrist and everything was going to come to an end? How come everything is still going? <laughs> you know why? Because news is fear-based. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. Amen. It's called sensationalization. Yeah, they just... Yeah. Uh, uh, blow everything out of proportion. And if you feed on that, you're going to live a fearful life. But if you focus your thoughts, your heart on God's word, you will live a fruitful life. The Bible says in Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So if you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, the Lord will keep you in perfect peace. Amen. So the first place to change the stuff that's coming out of your mouth is to change what you put in your heart in seed form. What do you put in your heart? What do you put in your heart? Because that's very important. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So he says, let's go back, let's go back. He says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. All right. So, whatever you put in your heart as treasure, if it's good, you will bring forth a good life. So, everything that you put in your heart, you need to assess to see whether it's good or it's bad. I'm not saying terrible thoughts won't attack you. I'm not saying that. See, you're not super duper holy. I mean, you're not Jesus. I know crazy thoughts are going to come at you uh, uh, every now and, and again, but do not dwell on them. I think it was Kenneth Hagin who said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from coming onto your head and making a nest and start making babies on your head. Amen? Amen. What does that mean? It means you can't stop random thoughts from attacking you. You know, like I want to kill the president of this country. You know, it comes, it comes at me every now and again. <laughs> And I have to bind it. (laughs) Amen. I can't dwell there and meditate on it. Because if I do, it's going to start coming out of my mouth. And I might want to act on it. And it won't glorify God. Amen. I know a few of you are repenting right now. Like, ah, pastor, that thought, that thought hit me too. Amen. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is we need to pay attention to the heart level. Whatever we let come into our hearts will become of our lives. Amen. And it says a a bad man, a terrible man, uh, 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 out of the treasures of his heart will bring forth that which is evil. And then it goes on to say something powerful. It says from the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. Did you see that? From the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. What does this mean? It means that Uh, everything you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find its way into your mouth. Amen? Before we even go there, one of the things that, you know, with everything else, with news and with... You can rationalize it before you put it in your heart and meditate on it. One of the most dangerous things you cannot 
rationalize before you meditate is music. Music breaches your heart and goes straight into your mouth. Music has the power. When they play certain chords, it's got the power to forcibly renew your mind without you. This is why you could be sitting in your car and you find yourself singing a worldly song that you didn't even cram or write down in your music books. You just start singing and you're like, ah, where did that come from? That's the power of music. Music will go beyond. That's why we are very, we need to be very careful about the kind of music that we listen to. Because the devil, man, he's the master of music. And he has mastered how to corrupt people's communication through the words and music. A few years ago, I was a believer. Found myself sitting in my car singing, It's a hard knock life. <laughs> you know that song? Yeah. It's not a hard knock life. No, it's not. Amen? Amen. But when you get acquainted with words like that and you let them come out of your mouth, you've just given them authority to create in your life. Amen? So your mouth is the final seal of approval for your thoughts. Whatever you have in your thoughts, when it goes to the mouth department and you sign it off and release it through your mouth, it's coming at you. Someone shout, my mouth, mouth. the confession of my mouth, precedes manifestation. That's why the Bible says you shall believe in your heart and confess with your mouth unto salvation. Whatever you believe in your heart, when you confess it with your mouth unto salvation, it's already coming at you. He says the way, the way to get saved is to confess with your mouth. It is to give it a final seal of, of approval by saying it. The mouth department is where the final signatory is signed. At the time you say it, it's too late. Because it's coming straight from your heart. Hallelujah. There's a friend of mine, um, a pastor, a Christian. He was driving, driving around together. And uh, someone cut him in traffic. And uh, a, a cuss word came out. Boom. <laughs> and he turned around and says, hey, pastor, uh, excuse me. I didn't mean to say that. Well, you did. You know why? Because that's what's in your heart. According to this scripture, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. The mouth can't even help it. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will surprise you. It will find itself in your mouth at the least. My goodness, it will shock you. I remember the president of one country, he had rigged elections. And a few, years later, a few years later, he stood up and says, Ah, you know, that election we lost. And everyone was like, but you won! And he was like, yes, we won. <laughs> you know why? Because the truth was in his heart and it found itself in his mouth. I, I will go as far as saying whatever you put in your heart will find itself in your mouth when you are put under pressure. The real you at heart level will find itself in your mouth when you are under pressure. When you are squeezed, see, because if you squeeze a lemon, what comes out? If you squeeze an orange, what comes out? If you squeeze a good man, what comes out? Good words. If you squeeze a bad man, and then they'll turn around and say, well, excuse me, I had just taken off my anointing. No, that's the real you. <laughs> I just taken off my anointing coat, now I'm baking my anointing. No, that's, that's who you are. That's what you have in your heart at a high level. Someone shout, from today onwards, 
I will feed on God's word and his word only. Hallelujah. The second thing, whatever you release in words, you have given authority to become in your life. Amen. Let's go now to Ezekiel chapter number 37 as we close. Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 3. Ezekiel 37, verse 1 to 3. Watch what it says. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. Amen. If you read in the Amplified, it says it was full of dry bones. Amen. Dry bones represent a situation of total hopelessness, death, and impossibility. It's dead, dead, dead. Deader than dead. Dead to the power three. Dry bones. Amen. And this valley was full of a situation of total hopelessness. It didn't say it was a half full valley of dry bones. Or half empty. You know, the pessimistic and the optimistic. He says this thing was full to the beam. It was full of death. Amen. Watch what happens. Next verse. And caused me to pass by them round about and behold they were very many in the open valley and lo they were very what i didn't hear that i did not hear that they were dry it was hopeless amen it was dead it was on the other extreme of death what happened verse 3 and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh Lord, you know. Wrong answer. I've already deposited the power in your mouth to make these bones live. Don't say, O oh Lord, you know. You speak to the bones. Watch what he says in verse 4. You prophesy to the bones. Amen. He says, prophesy unto these bones so that they may live. Why? Because God has already given you the power to speak and things become. Whatever you call it, it becomes. If you call the dry bones dry, they will stay dry. If you tell them to come alive, they will come alive. Why? Because the power of death and life is resident in your tongue. Come on, push the person in front of you and tell them the miracle is in your mouth. I said push the person in front of you and tell them the miracle is in your mouth. The miracle is in your mouth. Amen. It's in your mouth. You thought the miracle was with the prophets. No, it's in your mouth. You thought the miracle was in, in your next job. No, it's in your mouth. You can speak to the job you are in right now and cause it to come alive. Amen. You thought the miracle was in more money. No, it's not. It's in your mouth. Amen. You can speak to your bank account. In fact, let's practice. Someone shout, bank account. Bank account. I, call I call you to grow up, to grow up. Right, now, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. You thought the miracle was with the pastor. No, it's in your mouth. You can speak to your business. Someone shout business. business. I speak growth. I speak growth. Customers. Customers. Right, now. right now. In Jesus name. You can speak to your boss. 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 I, call you to order. I call you to order. 
Quit playing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's in your mouth. Hunt your neighbor and tell, it's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. You just have to say something. What you talking about? Put on some attitude and say, what you talking about? That's what you talking about. Man, it's in your mouth. Because whatever you say is coming to pass. Verse 10. Let's go to verse 10 as we close. Woo, man, this is awesome. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. Just like many of you. Amen. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore, prophesy. Therefore, say something. Say something. Just hunch your neighbor and say, therefore, say something. Hunch your other neighbor and tell, and tell them Mark 11, verse 23, says, whosoever, and you are a whosoever. It says, whosoever shall say unto the mountain. Tell them, it says, whosoever shall say something to the problem. And call it to be moved and be cast into the sea. Tell them the last five words of that verse. Come on, preach with me. Tell them the last five words of that verse. Says, you shall have. Whatsoever you say. So what you say? Ask them what you say. Tell them what you say. Tell them. Tell them what you say. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It says in verse 12, Therefore prophesy, say something to them. Thus says the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will do something. When you speak, you have just given God the authority to do something about your situation. There is no quiet diplomacy in the house of God. Sickness, we speak to you right now. Go! In Jesus' name. Demonic powers, which there is no quiet diplomacy. We say something. Man, let's practice. Let's close this service. Stand on your feet. It's 11.30. Just stand on your feet. We're going to speak to your finances right now. Someone shout, God is my endless source. He pays my every bill and meets my every need in proportion to His unlimited resources in heaven by Christ Jesus. Someone shout, I trust in the living God who gives me richly all things to enjoy. Someone shout, I shout for joy and I am glad because God favors my righteous cause and I say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Me. Mina. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And that blessing rests on me. Therefore, I am rich. 
Someone shout, because I give, because I'm a tither, God flings open the floodgates of heaven over me, over my life, over my family, pouring out so many blessings on me that I cannot contain them. God is rebuking the devourer from all my sources of my income. Wealth and riches are in my house. I am compassionate, gracious, and righteous, and I favor and lend to others so the Lord guides my business affairs with discretion. And because I sow bountifully, I reap also bountifully. Because I'm planting much, I am harvesting much. I am stepping into a realm and a zone of my financial increase right now in Jesus' name. Someone shout, someone asked me, says, why do you, why do you call for money so much? Because we need it. Listen, we have to preach so much of the gospel, we can't afford to have broke partners. Hunt your neighbor and say, we can't afford to, for you to be broke. You have to become a billionaire. So we can preach this gospel. Amen. Someone shout, God brings me out with silver and gold and zero feebleness. I have health to enjoy all my wealth. The Lord is my provider. Jehovah Jireh. No, not my job. Not my business. Therefore, I will never be broke another day in my life. Money, come to me now. I am finding favor and good success with both God and man. I submit myself to God, my miracle provider. Devil, I resist you. Spirit of poverty, I resist you in the name of Jesus. You flee from me right now. My cattle and land is blessed. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. I am blessed in my job. I am blessed in my career. I am blessed in my business. I am blessed in my school. Everything I touch is blessed. I am the blessed of the Lord. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am blessed. Come on, thank you for that. I'm blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 